You're listening to Off Topic with Big Woo and Friends. Streaming live on the Big Woo Radio app, here's your host, Big Woo! Yo, what's up? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Off Topic Sports. Big Woo and the crew. We're going to get into some... um, some talk about the NBA, the NFL, college basketball, you know, everything that you want to talk about that's going on in sports, man. Give me a call. 704-489-3316. That's 704-489-3316. Want to thank everybody listening live on BigWooRadio.com. Everybody that's downloaded the Big Woo Radio app in your Google Play Store and all our folks that searched us out on their podcast app on their iPhone. We appreciate that. Really do, really, really do. Hey, really quick, let me shout out these sponsors and let's get into some sports talk. Uh, Woodforce National Bank, please go to woodforce.com. Men's Warehouse of Rock Hill, South Carolina, and Gastonia, North Carolina. 24K Rides of Rock Hill, go to 24krides.com. TCB 5400 Club at 5400 Nevin Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. One Publishing, go to onepublishing.net. Global Parks and Recreations, Winter University, Porter Decals, the Hydrocephalus Association of America. Please go to nomorebrainsurgeries.org to find out more. Primetime players, Coach Chris Thomas, the Connected Group, Mr. Kevin Glover, New Soul Music, Mr. Dark Guy, Black Tobia Society, some guy named Jay, Spring Hill Credit Solutions, Gray Sheet Digital, Below the Deck, Mr. Nick Fultz, Enterprise Management, Tony Nicole, SMG, Mr. J Lock, All About Us. Radio and hats off to you, Couture, Miss Bianca. All right, so today is the first day of March, and um, you know, hopefully, everybody's staying safe uh, from the coronavirus. You know, some people are downplaying it, like ah, it's no worse than the come and go. All right, well, you catch it then. I don't want it. Um, I don't care if it was the common code, whatever, people dying, man. So, I uh, hope everybody is safe and, you know, uh, healthy. That's what we want. We want people to be healthy, all right? Um, well, first, I want to, before we get into the sports talk, I want to first thank or, or shout out, shout out, uh, congratulate my granddaughter, Tay-Tay. She bounced back from a... From uh, she she showed out in Greensboro too in her competition. For those of you that don't know, my granddaughter Tegan, she is uh, our eleven year old gymnastic phenom, about to go gold out this thing, you know, about to do her thing uh, in the gymnastics world. And uh, so in Greensboro a couple weeks ago, she got third overall. And you know, if you were there, you know she deserved to be first. Overall, I ain't even going front. I ain't even just saying it just because she's my granddaughter. But the judges were a little harsh on her. But she kept her composure. Went to the competition in Concord. Bounced back like a true champion. Okay? A true champion. She um, placed first overall. That's the way you bounce back. So kudos to my granddaughter, Tay-Tay. Doing her thing in Concord today, this morning, early this morning. 
out there doing her thing. Uh, I think she got she got a fourth place um, medal, and she got a sec two a second place, two first places, and then first overall. So that's what I'm talking about. That's how you do it. You know what I'm saying? We raise champions around here, man. Champions. Um, so that being said, she got another competition. Uh, May, she got her thing. I think it's the regional down in Alabama. We will be there spending the week down in Alabama to watch her dominate that competition too. She just dominates all over the place. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? All right, so let's let's uh, jump into some NBA till the fellas get here. I guess you just got me, just me and you hanging out right now. Me and y'all, we hanging out. So um, <clears throat> the Clippers, um, I mean, I'm sorry, not the Clippers, but the 76ers may be in some real trouble. Uh, you got Ben Simmons is out. Um. Uh, what was his name? Embiid. Embiid is out. I mean, who's left? Who's left for the Seventy Sixers, man? I mean, they got issues. After going being, you know, probably the ones to give, you know, Milwaukee a run for their money, and maybe make it to uh, the NBA Finals. And all of a sudden, your two star players. Are gone. Uh, looks like they're going to lose to um, the Clippers tonight or this evening. It's 23, 23 seconds left in the fourth quarter. 76ers are down 133, 127. Um, and the 76ers wasn't really that good on the road anyway. I mean, their record is. 37 and 23 and they're 9 and 21 away. <laughs> That's bad. You can't win on the road, man. That's bad. That's pretty bad. Uh but you had um let me give you some box scores with this game. I mean, you had some guys step up for 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 Philly. Today, I mean, you gotta you gotta be proud of those guys to to hang with the Clippers. Uh, that you know, the, c- considering they missing everybody, you got Milton thirty six points, Harris twenty five points, uh, Horford twelve, and then Jay Richardson comes in with a nine. That's just those are your, the top scores for the seventy sixers. So. I mean, you do that on a night in, night out basis. You you might you might get something done. I mean, the Clippers are a tough team. They're tough. I mean, you can't be mad. I mean, I mean, you got to be proud of of that. I mean, Kawhi Leonard has thirty points. Paul George twenty three. Those are stars for that that team. But then you got the bench that that stepped up. Uh, Lou Williams, uh, 24, Markel Harrell, uh, 24. So their bench stepped up. Um, not so much for the, for the, uh, for the 76ers, but I mean, you can't, I mean, what you expect them to do, you know, I mean, Quinn had, no, I'm not Quinn, but Burks had 15 and Scott had 11, but I mean, you ain't really got, 
you can't expect too much from these dudes, you know. And uh, a tough, tough game, a tough road uh, loss against the Clippers. I mean, down by six right now with 12 seconds left in the fourth. You know, they've they done what they could. Give me a call. What do you think about the 76ers? Are they going to make some noise? Are they going to be able to hang in there uh, till Embiid and, and, and Simmons get back to, to, you know, to try to make a run in these playoffs? You think they, they got a chance? Uh, I mean, let me check out the standings and see, uh, you know, just where they are in the um, – uh, when it comes to this, uh, when it comes to this team, I mean, um, if they're gonna if they're gonna make it, are they gonna be? Are they gonna stay? It's it's getting down to the wire right now. Are they gonna stay where they are, or are they gonna move up, or are they gonna move back? You know, loss to the Clippers can't hurt that bad, but you know, I mean, they they're in fifth place right now. They're sitting in fifth place. Uh, three games, no, I'm sorry, one game, actually a game and a half behind um, Miami Heat for fourth place. So I think they they could drop as low as I don't think they they won't drop out of the out of the playoffs. Um, because they're they're pretty much way ahead of the Nets and the Magic. Magic sitting at twenty. Uh, 27 and 33. So Philadelphia is at least 10 games ahead of them. And Brooklyn is uh, 26. So they're 11 games ahead of Brooklyn. Uh, So they won't drop. They can drop as low as. uh, They could probably drop as low as sixth place. The Indiana Pacers are 36 and 24. Uh, So they could definitely. They're going to lose this game. So. Um, they're gonna be thirty-seven to twenty-four. Indiana Pacers are thirty would be thirty-six to twenty-four, and they got uh, I think they play this week, so they could they could definitely get dropped to the sixth. I mean, to the seventh, the uh, sixth spot. Um, but then you talking about I mean, who you gonna go up against then? You know, your first uh, first game is gonna probably be against the. Um, Boston Celtics. If you drop to the sixth spot, you go up against the Boston Celtics, who is without um, one of their stars, uh, Kimba Walker, right now. So uh, they could easily they could drop behind uh, Boston Celtics. Could drop behind Miami. So maybe the Sixers might have to play Miami. Nah, we'll see. But it doesn't matter because I don't I don't think anyone any one of these teams maybe the Raptors, maybe. But the Milwaukee Bucks are so far ahead. I mean, come on. They are they're on a six game winning streak. In the last ten and nine and one out of their last ten games. <laughs> these dudes, man. Uh, they could win it all, but we'll see what they, you know, how they compare uh, against the West Coast. As a matter of fact, let's go. Let's talk Milwaukee Bucks. All right, because you know it's fun. It's it's more fun to talk about teams that that are winning. You know, 
and don't have the issues that these other teams. Uh, I mean, Toronto has, has got a good record, and the Boston Celtics have a, a good. These are great records: forty-two and seventeen, forty-one and eighteen, respectively. And the Milwaukee Bucks, fifty-two and eight. <laughs> the second place team is nine and a half games back behind the Milwaukee Bucks. I think at this point, if the Milwaukee Bucks don't end up in the NBA Finals, of course, of course they're going to be. It's going to be a disappointing season. You know, they had the Toronto Raptors to deal with last year, and Toronto Raptors, you know, obviously made it to the NBA Finals and won it all, due to the fact that the Golden State Warriors had some injuries, and you know. There was no Kevin Durant. There was no Clay Thompson. Uh, at least Clay Thompson wasn't healthy. And uh, so, I got I, as much as I like Kawhi Leonard and, and his goofy laugh, and you know, I, I got to put an asterisk beside Toronto Raptors. I don't know if y'all agree, but I got to put an asterisk beside the Toronto Raptors. Let me know what you think. Seven zero four four eight nine three three one six. Should there be an asterisk beside Toronto Raptors for for their uh, win of the NBA Finals last year, with Kevin Durant being hurt, Klay Thompson being hurt, and they got they they got a they had an easy op- opportunity to to win the championship. I, I and as much I like Kawhi Leonard, I think he's a great player. He's one of the greats, you know. He's the, he's a quiet assassin, you know. You don't you don't hear much about Kawhi Leonard, but he get on that court, he make things happen. But Asterisk goes beside Toronto Raptors for their championship. And you know, if they want to say, you know, the Toronto Raptors has something to prove this year too. I mean, they really do, uh, because you know, out of all the years that they made it this far, and they've been such a good team and. They just don't get respect, or they don't they don't get talked about as one of the great teams of this decade. Uh, and they, and they, all they've done is is just been in the playoffs every year, every year, every year. They're the top two team, top three team. You know what I mean? In the in the east in the Eastern Conference, and they just don't get the respect. They don't get talked about. I mean, they're in second place, and they have been that way for the past two or three years in the Eastern Conference. And the 76ers are the ones getting talked about. You don't think the 76ers was the second-place team in the Eastern Conference as much as they get talked about. Um, Because, number one, they have their, you know, outspoken stars on their team. Embiid, you know, he's he's like the Twitter master. And he's always out there in the Twitter sphere and making noise and just promoting that 76ers team. Or Ben Simmons. Um, they talked about Ben Simmons in the off season about taking more jumpers, and he was practicing his jumper and, and making jumpers and stuff like that. And so the Philadelphia, you don't hear nothing about the Toronto Raptors squad. I hear nothing. Nobody talks about them. But here they are, second place in the Eastern Conference, and I think it's going to be all for nothing because, again, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to lead the way even though Toronto Raptors is the are the uh the uh reigning champions 
and and probably you know people don't think they're gonna do it because no Kawhi Leonard, you know. In the past, it was always LeBron James beating them and and you know bringing them back down to earth. Um, and I think it's gonna be Giannis Antetokounmpo that's gonna be the problem for them going forward. It's gonna be always somebody going uh, that's going to be. And I, and I think the time is running out. You know, this dominance for one team, but this long, um, it's going to run out. The time is going to run out. The players are going to move on. They're going to get older. They're retired. Are they going to draft well? Can't really draft that well because you're never in the lottery because you're always, uh, you're always winning. You know, which is weird to me how the Hornets can never be can never can never establish any kind of you know consistency of winning and they they always at the bottom that says you're not drafting well you're not drafting well why why is it so hard for the hornets to draft good players when they're always in the top 5 in drafting you know and getting players what what what's going on I don't know, man. Maybe we can get Donnie to call in a little later on and tell us what the Hornets' problem is with drafting. Why can't they get people on their roster that turn into – I mean, he had Kimball Walker. I get it. And I think – Kimball Walker. Uh, is he a good player? Yes. Is he a great player? Mm-mm. Mm. Is he a Hall of Famer? Ugh. Ugh. It's tough to say. I, if I, I mean, I would have to say right now, no, no, it's not all of him. He's he's borderline. Put it this way: by the end of his career, uh, he retires. I I wouldn't be mad if they put him in the Hall of Fame. I would not be mad if they put Kimber Walker in the Hall of Fame. I'd be okay with that. You know, that's another thing. Maybe, maybe y'all want to call and, and say, "Hey, Corey, you're wrong, man." Kimber Walker is is a great player. You know, but he he hasn't led anybody anywhere. <laughs> I mean, he didn't lead the Hornets nowhere. Great players lead teams to the playoffs and to finals and stuff like that. To me, Hall of Famers do that. Kemba hadn't done that. I mean, he's a good role player, somebody that that you want to have on your team, as you know, somebody to go to with other players around. You know, put him with other players. I think he's, you know, he's he he's he's definitely he definitely can help your team. But can he lead your team to the finals? No, nope, 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 nope. You know. And it's, and you can look at Steph Curry as the same thing. I mean, I mean, people might take offense to this, but Steph Curry ain't went nowhere by himself. Mm-mm. No, he has not went anywhere by himself. And and that's not to, that's not to knock him like he's not a great player, like he's not a hall. You know, nobody's gonna say Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer already. That's because he's got championships. Now, had it been Steph Curry, 
on the Hornets and Kimba Walker on the Warriors with those players, the Clay Thompsons, the Draymond Greens, the Kevin Durant's, Clay Thompson on that team, I could you could easily say, I could easily say that it would be Kimba Walker, the Hall of Famer, and Steph Curry, the good player that can help your team. If you think otherwise, give me a call. 704-489-3316. 704-489-3316. And let me know what you think. Let me know if uh, you know, if you think roles reverse. Steph Curry. You know, Steph Curry and uh uh Kimber Walker. Roles reverse. But we'd be saying that Kimber Walker is the, you know, I don't know if Kimber Walker has the outside shot of Steph Curry. And I don't think very many people do. But he can shoot it when left open. He can shoot the three. You know, he can make shots. I just think if you'd have put Kimber Walker on the Golden State Warriors, Clay Thompson might be known right now as the greatest shooter that basketball has ever seen. I just think that. I believe it. But, all right, so we got a couple different things on the table. We got the the Philadelphia 76ers. Are the Philadelphia 76ers in trouble? Um, Are they one and done? Are the 76ers one and done in the playoffs? Sixers, one and done. Uh, Sixers, one and done. Uh, what else were you we talking about? Um, I mean, Toronto Raptors. Are the Toronto Raptors, uh, are they going to be able to get it done? <sighs> Having to go through Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, are they going to be able to get it done? Toronto, can they can they repeat? I mean, they're sitting at six, the sixth spot, even though they're, I mean, the second spot, even though they're nine and a half games behind Milwaukee Bucks. Can they repeat? Right? And then you got um, Kimba. And Steph, if they were on opposite teams coming in in their career, beginning their career, would it be Kimba, the future Hall of Famer, and Steph, the good role player for your team, can help your team? Hmm? 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 And what else we got? What else we got? I guess we. And the Hornets. Why can't the Hornets draft well? Why can't the Hornets draft well? You know, these are your NBA topics for today. 704-489-3316. And then whatever else I might come up with with the NBA. I mean, then we I mean, we could go over to the Western Conference. Um and I think I still, right now, I still think that the Lakers 
are the team to beat in all the NBA, barring injury. I mean, you the 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 Western Conference is tight up until you get to uh, the yeah, really the the eighth eighth spot. It kind of falls off after that because I mean this conference is up for grabs if you just if you look at the schedules. I mean not the schedules, if you look at the uh the records. The Lakers forty five and thirteen. Nuggets forty forty wins. Clippers forty wins. Houston thirty nine wins. Jazz thirty seven. Oklahoma City Thunder thirty seven. Dallas Mavericks thirty seven. And that's the first seven uh spots right there. It could go either way coming down the stretch. It's just a matter of who uh, gets hot and who falls off. I mean, then you got the Memphis Grizzlies at the A spot with twenty nine wins, and then the Pelicans, then the Pelicans falling off uh, with twenty six wins. As we welcome in my man, uh, Adonis Donnie Martin. What's going on, player? Oh, it's just me and you, bro. It's just me and you right now. I was oh, I was holding okay. All right. I was holding it down by myself. And um so I'm glad you I'm glad you called in because I'm talking NBA man and I've been I've just been ranting on by myself. But I, I came up with some topics while I was, you know, talking by myself. But um I got four topics that we're gonna discuss for the NBA. And um one is Sixers, uh um, are the Sixers done um, with the two stars that they got out? Can the Sixers, are they a one and done um, in the playoffs? Uh, number two, Toronto. Can Toronto repeat? Number three, Kimba and Steph. Um, had the roles been reversed and Kimba was on the Golden State Warriors and Steph on the Charlotte Hornets, would it be, would we be talking Kimba, the future Hall of Famer, and Steph, yeah, pretty good role player for you know the the whichever team you, he he goes to, he can he can be a good role player for you. And four, why can't the Hornets draft well? What is wrong with the Hornets drafting? All right, let's start with the the, the Hornets drafting. Well, no, I, I know you probably want to talk about this. Well, you pick one. Which one? Which one you want to uh, discuss? Man. We'll go in order. I can't remember what the first one was. But, oh, the 76ers. One and done. Yeah, we'll go ahead and start with that. I don't know about one and done in the playoffs. It all depends on who their matchup is. But are they as good as Toronto? No, not a team-wise. Are they as good as the Celtics? No, not really. And are they as good as Milwaukee? No, not really. So the Sixers, albeit have a fairly decent squad, I feel like they just lost too much from last year. When you lose J.J. Reddick and Jimmy Butler those are th- and Robert Covington, those are three valuable pieces right there that fit well with the other two stars that you have because all three of those guys can shoot, which Ben Simmons cannot. But what he can do is drive and facilitate. And then Joel Embiid, like Shaq and them alluded to earlier today, I understand that we have a new big man three-point shooting fetish, but get your big self in that paint and make people earn their money to guard you. At the three-point line, you're taking it easy on the defenders because you aren't, you know, uh, hey, you either make it or you miss it, but I'll let you shoot that three all day if, you, if you're if you Joel Embiid out there. But yeah. when you're on that block, 
you forced me to come in the down and at a double team, and then which also was allowed to kick it out to open guys. And um, I know a lot of people would go with the strategy of, well, that's what happens because you know uh, Joel and B. I mean, excuse me, Ben Simmons can't shoot. So when Joel Embiid goes into the paint, it clogs up the lane. Well, that's why you surround that man with shooters. That's why you keep guys like J.J. Redick and 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 um and um Jimmy Butler and them. You go out of your way to pay those guys because those are the complementary players that you're going to need to go with those two right. with their particular skill set. So and it's, a lot of that has to do with coaching as well. As the coach, I'm gonna I'm not even gonna draw up a play that has Joel Embiid up at the top of the key unless he's setting the screen. And when you set that screen, don't pick and pop. You set that screen and roll to the cup. So, uh, you know, a whole lot of things can go right with the Sixers if they put some pieces around those two big guys. And if you're not going to do that complimentary pieces, then now is the time to go ahead and decide which one of those two you want to build around and, and, and part ways and see what you can get back for the other one. Wow. But I say keep them both and just build around them. Because you got – you got two of the best players in the Eastern Conference for years to come. Yeah. So what? 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 Are, are the Sixers going to move on past the first round? I mean, it, they looking. It's looking like. Yeah, I was going to say it looks. It looks like they may, if they fall out of the fifth spot, they're in the fifth spot right now. If the Indiana Pacers win, um, two games, of course the the. They're only one, like a half a game behind the Sixers right now, and the Sixers are losing uh, or lost to the Clippers uh, just just a little while ago, and so that would put them in. If the, if the Sixers fall to the sixth spot, it looks like they may end up playing the Celtics. So what are your and thoughts? if that is the case, I think Celtics are too complete of a team, yeah. with the exception of Kimball Walker. Um, who, who, of course, obviously that was a swap for Kyrie Irving type of thing. Um, Celtics had the same team that they've had for the last several years, and they're a good team together. Kimba not only came in and didn't disrupt chemistry, but he added to it because mm-hmm. Kyrie had kind of had the guys a little bit off. But now that that same squad, um, long as Boston goes into that series healthy, uh, Philly wouldn't stand a chance. I'm not going to say wouldn't stand a chance. Like I said, you still have two of the better players in the Eastern Conference, and you can't strike lightning in the bottle with those two guys. But the, if, if if a seven-game series holds true to what it actually does and has the better team eventually win, um, the 76ers are the better team. I mean, well, excuse me, the, um, the Celtics. Um, Boston Celtics, yeah. Well, I mean, will will Ben Simmons and Embiid be back in time to, to for the playoffs? Do you know? That's going to be obviously the key issue right there, but I think that's what you're doing is getting them ready. But then there, there lies a chemistry issue when you're bringing guys back. And how much time do they have before the playoffs start to get back ready, get back in tune, and get that machine back operating with all the pieces together? Because that is important. You know, chemistry is a is a good thing. And that's why Boston has great chemistry. Because even when they do get guys out, whether it's a Jalen Brown missing some games, a guy like Kyrie Irving last year missed games from they're always still able to continue to move forward because they have such great team chemistry that one man down, the next man just steps up. Even Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward, you know, they mm-hmm. brought him in to be the man. He gets hurt on the opening game. The Boston Celtics end up going to the Western Conference, I mean, the Eastern right. Conference Finals that year. And then next yep. year when he comes back, they don't miss a step with him inserted into the lineup. Yeah. So, and because everybody's unselfish. They got rid of Kyrie. All of them are unselfish stars 
Nobody's a superstar, but a bunch of unselfish stars can accomplish a lot in this league. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so we got Donnie on the phone, our NBA resident expert, uh, and we're going to talk more NBA. Uh, we're going to talk can Toronto repeat, uh, Kimba and Steph, and, of course, why can't the Hornets draft well? I mean, they always got good spots to pick in, but they don't never pick good. Uh, so we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Uh, off-topic sports, you got your boy, Adonis Donnie Martin, and me, Big Woo. Don't you go nowhere. We'll be right back. Ooh, baby, we about to get freaky. What you got here? It's the Love Lasso, the ultimate adult sex toy. Oh, I like that. For couples, surely, to help you and your partner reach your ideal climax. Mm-hmm. Hey, yo. Yes, fellas. Giving you that extra grip and bringing her closer to you as you're spreading them lips. Ooh, now that's what I'm talking about, baby. Mm-hmm. Soft to the touch, lightweight and flexible. The love lasso is also washable. Comes in red, black, pink, and white. Mm-hmm. Let's get the bedroom jumping right. Give me the love lasso, baby. I'm ready. Boy, you so crazy. Go to thelassocompany.com and order yours. Tell them Nayana Renee sent you. Ooh, baby, this is going to be so much fun. Ooh, put your leg through here. Put this around your neck. Oh, yeah, right there. Ooh, yeah. Go to thelovelassocompany.com to order your love lasso today. Hey, this is James J.T. Thompson from Big Woo Radio. Hats off to you, Couture. Everything is made, not manufactured. Your one-stop shop for handmade hats and more. How to get in touch with them? www.etsy.com slash shop slash hats off to you, Couture. Officially endorsed by Big Woo Radio. Radio. Listen to Big Woo Radio. I want y'all to listen to Big This is Big Woo Radio, a station for the people, by the people, serving Rock Hill, South Carolina, and surrounding areas, Charlotte, North Carolina, and surrounding areas, serving worldwide at BigWooRadio.com. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the program, man. 704-489-3316. That's the number to get in if you want to get in. 704-489-3316. If you just joined the program, you missed the first half of the show of me just by my damn self. But uh, it's all good. Uh, I can keep it. I can keep it interesting. I think for most of the time, I you know I'm, I'm, I do this. I've been doing it for about four, five years right now. So it's all good. But well, we got Adonis Donnie Martin in the building, and he's going to give us his, his thoughts as I um. 
created some topics out of thin air as I was talking about the NBA. Uh, we talked about the Sixers, uh, the Sixers one and done, uh, depending on the, uh, of course, the health factor. But uh, also, right now, we want to talk to um, Donnie about uh, Toronto, the Toronto Raptors uh, repeating. I mean, I, I think I think they're kind of under the gun to prove like oh, it wasn't just because of Kawhi. We've been we've been the top you know uh, top five team in the Eastern Conference for you know what the past five six seven years or what have you LeBron James has been knocking them down and knocking them out every time and then it was um you know Kawhi came in and got him over the hump but now you got Giannis Antetokounmpo so now you back to the Toronto's of old and you got this superstar out there that's just dominating and you know just killing the game 52 and 8 Milwaukee Bucks are 52 and 8. The Toronto Raptors are in second place and they're nine and a half games back. It's like god <laughs> damn man, who what, why can't we just you know get our own superstar and keep him? But you're in Toronto for one thing. So uh, <laughs> uh Donnie, um what do you think? Toronto will they will they repeat or will Giannis just spoil their dreams like LeBron James done for a decade or so? Man, first things first, let me say this. Big old hats off to the Toronto Raptors. I mean, you like you said, they had that struggles with DeMar DeRozan for year after year, even though they're you know, battling with Le- Le- LeBron James. So you swap a superstar uh, star for a superstar. So you upgraded to Kawhi Leonard, who was able to carry you over the hump and lead you to an NBA championship. And then you lose that. So now you have no DeRozan or no Kawhi Leonard, and you still managed to put out a basketball team that was able to not only compete, but is fighting for second place in the Eastern Conference right now. Win, lose, a draw in the playoffs, I am impressed with what Toronto did because when Kawhi didn't come back, I didn't even know if I had them marked in as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. big ups to the guys internally, Pascal Siakam, um, what's his name, uh, little Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry uh, Norman yeah. Pat. All of those guys stepped up in a big way this year because they were just role players last year. Now, granted, Kawhi missed a lot of basketball, so those guys were able to play some by themselves. But, you know, uh, Mark Gasol was a late ad who was perfect complement to having um, Kawhi Leonard. But when you lose Kawhi, that changes everything for that program. And Toronto was able to click back together without missing a beat. So I'm definitely very impressed by the way that their coaching staff and the players have rallied around each other and, and, and put together a solid season. But I do not believe that they're going to make any noise. I think Milwaukee is just too strong of a team coming out of the East. Um, I think Milwaukee is the lock to come out of the Eastern Conference to play in the, um, in the Eastern Conference, um, excuse me, in the NBA Finals. But if anybody, I feel like the Celtics are, are the Bucks' biggest competition because the Celtics have a complete all-around roster. Not saying mm. that Toronto doesn't, but um, I just feel like if it came down to it, the Celtics are a better overall team and have a better chance of challenging Milwaukee than sure. than Toronto does. Because if it's the Toronto Milwaukee Eastern Conference Finals, I definitely have Milwaukee winning that. Mm, okay, uh, Toronto. Did they get an asterisk for last year's championship? <laughs> I'm giving them an no, nah, man. That, that was that was well earned. I don't know how they did that, but um, they definitely ended up earning that championship with a couple of buzzer beaters to beat the Sixers along the way. Um, just well, a lot of grit and well, yeah, not not in the East, not in the East, but I mean, just meeting up with the Warriors with no, you know, Kevin Durant, no Clay Thompson. Hey, not, 
not their problem, um, which I do <laughs> feel like, um, you know. But also put it this way, Cleveland got, you know, one of the Golden State Warriors championships came with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love out against yeah. Cleveland, and nobody yeah. talks about that. So long, we're not putting the asterisk beside Golden State, so we're not going to put one beside Toronto either. Well, I I put asterisks beside Golden State because they added Kevin Durant. <laughs> So well, they, I, I won't argue with you if I had to ask for that for sure. <laughs> for real, uh, even I mean because just because of the unfairness, I guess not not because they you know they won because of somebody's injury, but uh, just for me it was just unfair and it just it was unnecessary. I believe I, I believe it's unnecessary. Um, I one hundred percent agree, but that's all on Kevin Durant. They didn't make a move, didn't make a play. Obviously, as a as an NBA player, you know you do what all of them do nowadays. Yo, man, come over here and holler at us. Yeah. But Kevin Durant was a free agent who could have chose to go anywhere he wanted. Yep. And yep. being as though you were a top three player in the NBA, wherever you go, you're going to change the landscape for that team. You could have came to the Charlotte Hornets at that point in time and instantly made them an Eastern Conference threat, if not a threat for the NBA Finals. But you punked out and chose to go to Golden State. So it's not necessarily yeah. Golden State's fault, but it's definitely the rent. You know, that yeah. was a sucker move in my opinion, and I still don't get over it. It's a it's an asterisk on Golden State via Kevin Durant's huge asterisk that he that he's carrying with him everywhere yep. now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I was I was thought I thought I mean, man, why don't you go to your hometown? You, there's ballers out there. There was a you know there's there's guys out there that you you, you he could have definitely put Washington in position to win a, a championship by going out there and yeah, lifting a wall and Bradley Beal. Yeah, like that would have been a combination right there. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know, you know, but he wanted that guaranteed championship, and that guarant that was going to guarantee him a championship out there, Golden State. Yeah. All right, on to uh, yeah, uh, they was already winning them without you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So on to um, since you, you know, brought up Charlotte, uh, Kimba Walker, uh, of course, you know, got drafted in, into to uh, Charlotte Hornets, and and he he pl- he done well out there. He was a great. Uh, a, a good player, good solid player for the, the Charlotte Hornets. Probably one of the best players that they've drafted in their their you know re re Hornet history. I guess you know since you know since Larry Johnson and and, and those guys. But um, I think Kimball Walker's probably proven to be one of Charlotte's best uh, players uh, in, in their history. But he didn't lead them, you know, anywhere really. He didn't really lead them them anywhere. Um, now, let's say that that was Steph Curry that got drafted by the Hornets and Kimba Walker was in Golden State with Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, Kevin Durant. Would we be say would we be saying would this be a different you know, atmosphere when it comes or different titles for these guys, will we be talking about Kimba Walker, the future hall of famer and Steph Curry, the one, you know, going to teams and, you know, making them better, but not necessarily being considered that hall of famer just yet. And by the way, do you think Kimba Walker right now, uh, can you consider him uh, a future hall of famer? So this is like a two, um, two part question. Yeah, this, I'm going to start with the second part first. As of now, Kimba is not a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, a couple of years from now, with a championship or two under his belt, or even if not, nothing else, 
a few solid Eastern Conference championship appearances and maybe an NBA Finals appearance in which he was a leader of the Boston Celtics and took them that place and kept his numbers high, then, yes, he'll, he'll definitely make the Hall of Fame because Kimball put up numbers. Yeah. And now to answer the original cast question, I'm not so sure about that swap. Granted, both players are extremely talented, and I don't think Kimball would have taken away necessarily from that team, but he's definitely not the three-point threat and the Splash Brothers and all of that that they that, that Clay and Steph became together. And I don't think Kimba and Clay formed that dynamic of a duo together just simply because of the lack of shooting prowess of Kimba. They, mm-hmm. I think Steph and Clay needed each other. I think a better comparison for that Kimba situation would be Kyrie Irving. Yes, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I 100% agree. An official swap with those two, and we're talking about two completely different histories for both gentlemen. Because Kyrie Irving, to his first four years, just the same as Kimba, yeah, you were a good point guard, a solid point guard on a crappy team, and you were going nowhere. LeBron James shows up, and if Kimba would have been in that same position as you, Kimba is good enough, clutch enough, to go along for the ride and win those champions and take those three, four straight finals appearances that, um, that LeBron would have done. Because Kimba has proven to be clutch since college. You know, we're leading UConn, uh, what, eight straight victories from yeah. the Big East tournament all the way through the NCAA tournament and clutch in every single ball game of that whole run. You proved it in Charlotte. You just don't get enough clutch moments, but in all of them, you handle it accordingly. So you're definitely a clutch player who's not afraid of the big time, and you have the skill set. The difference between yourself and Kyrie is Kyrie had the luxury of playing with LeBron James. And if, if not that, you could swap those two players in their careers and take a 100% swap. Steph is a little different just because of his extraordinary shooting prowess because yeah. they're way better game-for-game game guards than Steph Curry. No no, no knock on him. That boy has skills. But even older sure. guys like Rod Strickland, Tim Hardaway, um, Penny Hardaway, point guards, they may have had better games than Steph. But couldn't none of them get 30 points as easily as that man can. He can do that in the sleep just by hitting a couple of trays <laughs> on accident and a exactly. drive or two to the lane. Exactly. So, I don't think Steph would be the per- – I, like I said, Kimba in Golden State, they get at least one and still make all of those finals appearances. I think they may lose another one or two to LeBron because, you know, Steph definitely did a good job of carrying them. And who knows, Kimba, they may not have lost that one because they lost the one that they did lose to LeBron and them because Steph played like crap. Mm -hmm. But um, long story short, I don't think Steph would have propelled Charlotte Hornets to anything more than what Kimba did, which is a couple of playoff runs. But I don't think Kimba could have won the exact – all three of those chips that Steph Curry ended up getting. But Kyrie, yeah, replaced them two players, and it's no difference in either one of their careers. Yeah. I mean, so you think, I mean, Kimba and Steph uh, basically are – they need others around them. They're not going to take your team like a LeBron James and lead them to – yeah, they're not going to lead them by themselves. No, and very seldomly in the history of the NBA. As a matter of fact, now that I'm just sitting here thinking about it, no point guard – in the history of the NBA, no matter how dynamic a point guard is, even a, a guard as good as Isaiah Thomas, who was by far the leader of the Pistons, he had everybody else on that roster, all 13 of them deep, could play. You know, yeah. it wasn't like it was Isaiah and a bunch of scrubs. It was Isaiah and a bunch of, you know, guys who had been all-stars at different points in their time. Adrian Danley, you know, um, Dennis Rodman, Mark Aguirre, you know, guys like yeah. that, Benny Microwave Johnson, Joe Dumars. So they had Bill Lambeer. They had a roster. You know, well, but no point guard in the history of the NBA. Because even Magic, you had Kareem, James Worthy, um, you know, all of them. Got, yeah, I can go on, the list goes on. So I would say Magic the only one, not, 
Yeah, I would say the only one that really led a team to where they went to the NBA Finals would have been Allen Iverson. Would have been the only point guard. Well, he technically played the shooting guard that yeah. year. Eric Snow was point guard. Absolutely. But yes, yep. You know, yep, you're right. Little guys that led their team to the NBA championship is is very seldom. So I don't think Steph and or Clay. I mean, excuse me, Clay, Steph and or um, Kimba on their own would have been able to, no matter which city they are, they definitely need help. But Kimba is, to me, the best player on the Celtics. Jason Tatum or, or Jalen Brown may take that over soon, but he's the best player on the Celtics and may very well lead them to an NBA championship this yep. year. All right, so we got one more, and uh, this is this is true. This is important, man, because we, we really need to know why the Hornets, why can't the Hornets, out of all these bad years they've had since, you know, uh, Alonzo Mourning them left and the Hornets left and went to – New Orleans, then they came back and they just kept getting number one pick. They they in the they in the lottery and they they getting top five, top ten picks year after year after year. But they just can't get anybody. They just can't get anybody that develops into anything that that can. And why why is that? What are they doing? Um, I don't know. I, I really wish I knew that because <laughs> I, 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 part of me wants to say, oh, you know, it's quick to say, oh, Michael Jordan and them just don't know what they're doing. But even in that um, in, in that draft, it's like who else do you – like Kawhi Leonard in the, in the, in the um, Kimball Walker draft, which you said he was the best player. Kawhi Leonard went – Kimball Walker was the number nine draft pick. Kawhi went 16 so and, and Clay went 11. Nobody knew how good those two guys were going to be. They blossomed into something that nobody actually expected out of either one of them. Because if so, they would. Because Derek Williams was the number two overall draft pick in that draft. Enos Cancer and then Tristan Thompson round out the top three and four. So yeah. it was a lot of misses in that particular draft, not just the Hornets. But the problem is the Hornets consistently miss. I yeah, mean, going all the way back to the whole Brandon Roy. Over um um what's the what's the guy from Ben um from Gonzaga Adam yeah Adam uh oh yeah I know who you're talking about exactly and that's what I was gonna say yeah, they yeah, seem yeah. to always take the sexy pick somebody that's 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 blowing it up for that one year or you know in, in the in the in college and then they just take like the sexy pick but they like they're not doing their research on these players to see if they are you know studs for a long period of time and i know it's, it's, it's all by you know kind of luck sometimes you, you 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 see these players and they look great and you know um and, and and you pick them or you don't pick them and you you some teams get lucky with a pick that they got you know the 25th pick overall and he turns out to be you know a stud you know but uh the yeah. hornets just consistent like you said they just consistently seem to miss like, I mean, and, and unfortunately, sometimes they do just enough to not get anybody. Now, let me say this. The NBA draft has overall been weak pretty much um, in the last year. If you're not in the top three, then you're not really going to get anybody. And um, we've had several cases of that. But one year in particular when we had the um, – we, we ended up with Raymond Felton yeah. and Sean May out of UNC. Yep. But you could have traded those two picks away and ended up with Chris Paul or Darren Williams, who at the time were franchise-changing point guards. Raymond Felton was not. Neither was Sean May, a, a, a game-changing big man. So that that's a front office move where you got to be wise enough to realize that, hey, I got a couple of studs coming out in this draft. I may want to uh, – we knew Chris Paul and Darren Williams were going to be great. You know, that was no secret. So 
Maybe I need to move up out of this fourth spot. I got the fourth and the thirteenth pick. Maybe I need to move out of that so I can get one of these top two point guards with my spot. You know, like yeah. decisions like that. Now, of course, all the other teams have to go along with you at that point. But we didn't even attempt to make those moves. We were already set it. Hey, we're gonna get these two and rock out with that. But if you're gonna do that, you gotta realize those aren't the pieces to build around. So therefore, you have to continue your search and look for pieces to complement what you just got. And we've never been able to do that. And it's you think it may might be uh maybe the the jinx of Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know what? It's funny you said that because the same thing in my head. I almost said that out loud. I guess it's the Kobe Bryant jinx. Just don't nobody want to come to Charlotte. Right. But it also may be the jinx of MJ. I mean, I think it's a lot of pressure to play underneath Michael Jordan. You know, you got that man sitting there watching you every night, night in and night out. And yeah. You are super super. And here goes the problem: when you get a history of being an organization that doesn't do very well. When you're a superstar, if you're Anthony Davis or LeBron James, why would I come here under Mike scrutiny and watch for I, knowing good and well he ain't going to spend no money to get me no extra help? Right. So it's like, right. nah, I might go somewhere else. You know, I'll go somewhere where I know the organization is going to pay a couple of dollars, bring me in. Because the NBA has proven one thing about it. We get on all of these big threes and all of that, but you cannot win an NBA game without help. So, yeah. or an NBA championship without help. So no matter how big of an NBA superstar you are, you got to go to a team where the ownership is willing to get you some help. Yeah. I mean, just look at, just check this out from 1988. All right. They're, they're, I guess this was their, uh, I don't know, I guess their first draft. Uh, you got, you got Rex Chapman. I mean, that's a name. Everybody remembers Rex Chapman. You got J.R. Reed the, the, uh, in 89. Then uh, 1990, Kendall Gill. Uh, 91, Larry Johnson, 92, Alonzo Mourning. Um, and let me stop you right there. Yeah. Right there. And all five of them ended up in the starting lineup by yeah. 1992. Yeah. So you drafted great picks. Everybody was useful. Everybody had a role. And you were building. I was like, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then, let me see, 93, Scott Burrell. Uh, then a couple years, is kind of nobodies. And then 1996, uh, Malik Rose, Tony Delk, and Kobe Bryant, which of course Kobe Bryant got traded to L.A. And then after that, well, they did pick Baron Davis. They did get Baron Davis. I, I'll take that back. They get Baron Davis in 1999. That was after Kobe Bryant. Um, then you had players like Jamal McGlure. Um, then I mean, that, then then it came to the era of Mecca Okafor. He was supposed to turn out. He's supposed to be, you know, this, that, another thing, and, and kind of. Hey, let me let me go back to this, um, to in regards to what we were saying about the draft, because in those early years they actually did an okay, decent job of drafting. Because it yeah. started off with we got Gerald Wallace in the expansion draft. Then you build up and you get a Mecca Okafor, as you mentioned. So now you got a couple of hard nosed players who play hard, not the best talented, but you know they're going to give you one hundred percent out there. So then you built a couple of years later. That's when you get that Raymond Felton and all those guys that you're about to upcome. That team, was, and you added Jason Richardson, a scoring two-guard to that squad. That team could have been something. Where we messed up is, look at you. We drafted DJ Augustine over Brooke Lopez, and we needed a big man because we could have played Okafor at the power yeah. forward and Brooke Lopez at the center. And that's where we started going downhill as, as the as the Bobcats is right at about that moment 
yeah. when we made that critical mistake. Because, like I said, Felton and May, they weren't game changers, but they fit the mold of what Charlotte was trying to do. But you don't want to pay a Mecca after you fail to draft another center in Brook Lopez that year before. And that, yeah. that just started it all. Started it all downhill from there. Uh, and, and a lot of that maybe has to do with sometimes the general manager and it might be the wrong coaching for the for the, the players that you got. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a whole recipe of things, and I don't think you can just narrow it down to one thing. But um, I, it just don't seem like Mike is trying hard enough. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to free agency. It just don't seem like he's trying hard enough, maybe not trying to put um, – the pieces together, almost like he doesn't care. You know, like, I'm going to make money anyway, so who cares if we win or not. And that just don't seem like something from a uh, a veteran like uh, Mike, especially somebody that, that, that wants to win as we bring in my man James J.T. Thompson right before we close out the show. What's going on, J.T.? I know you're on there. J.T., what's going on, bro? <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Maybe just call and listen before we before we go. Thank you, man. How are oh, you everybody doing, man? There you go. It's just right. got me, you, and Donnie on the line, man. What's up, Donnie? What's going on with your brother? How you doing? Oh yeah, yeah we, we do. We got time for over oh, now. Let me get you on here. Uh, matter of fact, it'd be a perfect time to, to hit that over and under. Uh, we were just talking about the Hornets and why they can't, <laughs> why they can't seem to draft. Uh, well, we went through that whole spiel right there. Uh, but yeah, we got we got time for the over and under. Uh, soon I feel like we might be the only one talking about the Hornets. <laughs> somebody got to do it, man. Somebody, somebody got to talk about them fools, man. <laughs> Here we go. Over JT's over now. There we go. Is it over? Is it under? It's time for JT's Over Under. Over Under. Over Under. Over Under. Over Under. All right, JT, what you got for us, bro? All right, man. I want to um, touch on the free agency in the NFL. And, and um, looming is a uh, collective bargaining agreement. And so my question to y'all is, is the collective bargaining agreement that important to free agency? as the reason as to why we see some teams not really signing their big players, i.e. the Cowboys, or is it just a formality? They just wait to see how much more money they have and what's coming down the pipe in order for the betterment of the players or for the owners over and under. Mm. Go ahead, Donnie. I'm going to go under on that because um, ownership is definitely standing by to wait and see with the new collective bargain agreement states. Because you need to know that before you go in there. You can't sign Dak, for example, to a $40 million contract when they're going to put in salary cap provisions stating that blah, blah, blah can only be so much of your team cap or that, you know, you only get so much allocated funds. So, yeah, it's a, it's dope. And we're talking the difference between A and B could be billions of dollars. So, yes, you have to wait since the collective bargaining agreement is so close. You have to wait before you sign people. If you got loose cap space and a lot of money, then obviously you go ahead and take advantage of that and sign people you know you're going to be able to afford no matter what the um, the market turns. But mm-hmm. if you're one of those teams on the fringes and you got a little bit of money and trying to figure out how to spend it, then by all means you have to wait till the collective bargaining agreement comes through so you can see what kind of restrictions and what kind of money you're actually going to have for that talent. 
Well, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to just say that they, uh, in, in reference to the Cowboys, they don't have no idea what they're doing. They don't know what they want to do. Uh, collective bargaining agreement ain't had nothing to do with this, you know, six months ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just signed him six months ago, you know? Hey, hey, let me say this. To me, it's you, you signed Zeke. They signed Zeke. As soon as Zeke jumped the gun, when Zeke jumped the gun, that's because the Cowboys knew the collective bargaining agreement was coming. You figured you was going to sign Dak sometime this year, and then at this point, you were going to have to wait for the collective bargaining agreement to see what you're going to have to be able to allocate to Zeke. But Zeke jumped the gun and already didn't got his. So now you stuck waiting to see what happens. So if you can see if you can sign your quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think I would have tested Zeke. I think I would have tested him and been like, look, okay, well, um, we're not, we don't, we're not ready to pay you yet. So uh, you got to wait. good now because y'all faltered last year a little bit, so to speak. But everybody in Cowboy Nation was saying, pay that, man. We need it. You know, we can't win without it. Yeah, at that time, that that decision wasn't as easy as it looks now. I, I think, well, me personally, I was I was saying that we, we, we could throw a running back in there and – I thought I thought um what was the what was the backup that uh he played he played pretty well. Him matter of fact him and Zeke both had I think they had both together had two games where they both uh went over a hundred yards rushing. I just I mean he's not as as probably not as durable or solid as Zeke. He's not he's definitely not as big as Zeke, but I think he's he's one of those uh he's one of those runners where he can go he he can fit into a little hole and and make something happen for you, um, but you know we didn't do that, so there there's that. So, all right, well, fellas, that's it, man. We uh we about to get about you. Appreciate everybody checking us out and uh, hanging out with us uh, for the off topic sports. So thank you for that. Thanks, Donnie, for chiming, uh, uh, joining the program, and uh, thanks, JT, for coming through and uh, doing that over and under for us. Appreciate you, fellas, man. Uh, check us out uh, Tuesday. We got a great show lined up for you uh, on a um, on with a poetic goddess Niana Renee and JB Mister Two Ninety Nine on. Uh, the Bruliana show. I couldn't think of the show. We we do too many shows. I, I couldn't think of the show. Bruliana show, and then we'll be back. Struggling. I was struggling. We'll be back Friday with the Florida Poetry Show with the poet. I mean, with uh, Nima Shining Star L J T and myself, man, and, and definitely be back on Sunday. So, uh, any shout outs, fellas? Y'all don't shout out anybody. Yeah. Or? And just shout out to y'all, man, for holding it down and, and bringing another epic show. And, um, you know, look forward to uh, check us out next uh, Saturday um, at Bank Street Gym for the Primetime Players game, March the 7th at 5 p.m. Yep, they take yep. on South Carolina Upstate. So I uh, look forward look forward to that, you know what I'm saying, so tune in. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, that's that's about it, man. Uh, again, man, we appreciate everybody that, that rock with us. Don't forget to uh, continue to follow us on all our social media. That's at Big Woo Radio on Earthang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so on behalf of my man, James J.T. Thompson, Adonis Donnie Martin, J.B., Mr. 299, Nima Shining Star L, the poetic goddess, Mayana Renee, Big Les, Lil Bucky, Casey the Poet, 
I'm Big Woo. It's Big Woo Radio. Peace. God bless. We out. In order to avoid contamination, the game is full of garbage, nothing about it, it's motivate. I listen to your bars, I'm disappointed in y'all. Thought y'all was working, can't believe what I walked in on. When I came to Big Woo, I told my brother, everybody know that man.